Thank you, Grant, for sitting down with me again, second time. Of this course. time, no lights, no camera. Even better. Just two dudes on the couch. There you go. Shooting the shit. Um, I want to congratulate you on getting the new place. Thank you. Having the kids soon. Thank you. Which is, you're going to have zero time anymore for anything. No more time, yeah. But, yeah. It's exciting, though. Well, with the new studio set up, uh, got a bunch of big stuff planned for this year, and then, yeah, having a kid, no more time for any fun stuff. No more fun. It'll all be fun, though. Yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, everybody always tells you having a kid's like the most fun thing ever. Fun and, like, Stressful. terrifying. Yeah. It, there's just so much to it, but I don't know. I'm I'm handling it way better than I thought I would, so. You think you're going to be freaking out? No. Stressed? I think max? all that's behind me, like... I know the money stuff is stressful, but when is it not? So, it's not too worried. The baby handling and stuff, I'm slowly coming to terms with and being more comfortable with. But that's gonna be the big, uh, the big nerve wracking. Like very tiny baby, still not super comfortable with that. But uh, other than that, I am super excited. So you never had like any little siblings growing up, like. Mm-mm. No I had little cousins, nephews and nieces. Cousins and yeah, I mean, I was there when my cousins were born and stuff. But I'm when you're a kid and they're kids, like it's or a baby, you don't ever think about holding like a newborn baby. And then when you get older, you kind of aren't around that that much. So yeah, it wasn't until recently, uh, my wife's brother has little kids. And they have, like, a newborn... Well, he's, like, one now, uh, almost two. And he's he has made it way easier for me to come to terms with having a baby. He's, like, a little animal, but super fun to be around. So I'm hoping it's a lot like that. But we're having a girl, so that's going to be... That's also really crazy to wrap my head around. Yeah? Yeah. Were you kind of hoping for a boy, though? I, I mean, we were... We talked about it... I, I didn't have a preference either way. I really thought it was going to be a boy for whatever reason, so I just kind of had that in my mind. Like, and all my friends, like, you know, John. Yeah. John and I talked about, like, bringing a boy to wrestling and, like, you know, like, introducing them to, the, like, all that stuff. And I think it's going to be the same. It's just going to be a girl. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too. Why, yeah. why, why can't she, like, wrestling? Oh, no. Like, she's going to be dope. I, yeah. She's going to have, like, the coolest... Luckily, Emily is amazing also, so, like, the coolest fashion, and, like, we already have so much vintage clothes, and people are sending us all this cool, all these old books, and it's like, if someone just set you up like that, hopefully she doesn't hate it all, and, like, wants to be, like, a, I don't know. <laughs> You're just hoping she accepts it, yeah. and likes it. Yeah, like, embraces it, but, I don't know. However it turns out, I'm stoked. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, with clothes and stuff, it's not as hard to, like follow in the footsteps of your parents I guess like I don't know like as much as I want to say I, I don't dress anything like my dad like I'm literally wearing well yeah a lot like of stuff yeah now I dress like my dad dressed in like the 80s and 90s yeah so I think I don't know but I also didn't have parents that were really about that like they didn't give a shit about clothes really yeah. like it, you know to a certain degree they had the stuff they liked but they never I mean I found all that on my own so I think that's gonna be totally different but yeah that's gonna be really exciting 
to just be around and have someone else to share all that stuff with is pretty sweet. As you were saying, uh, you kind of found that stuff on your own. I feel like that's how kind of I was. Like my my dad doesn't care about really what he wears, but like looking back at like old pictures of him from the eighties and nineties, yeah, like he was wearing sick like concert tees from yeah. when he went and saw Motley Crue or yeah. somebody like that. And he's like, if I only had those to give to you, he's like, you would be oh. you would lose your mind. Yeah, no one. Well, he's like back then you didn't even think to keep it because it's just a t shirt or it's just dad, a record yeah, or whatever. My dad was all about like Filson and like really high quality outdoor shit when I was a kid. And I hated it. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's so lame. We, I grew up in Wisconsin, so, like, everybody, every every dad hunted and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't really, like, hunt. He was, like, a huge fisherman. and um, But he had, like, the sickest shit. And now, I in that, like, they cleaned out their house probably when I graduated. So a lot of that shit's gone. And I look at the pictures, and I'm like, man. If only I had that. Yeah, I think that's just stuff you got to look at. But now I'm just trying to find all that shit now. Like, that's kind of where the influence comes from is uh, what what my dad was about in the 80s is kind of like yeah, what I like to think about my clothes now. I feel like that kind of channels back to, like, your art, too. Like, sure. Oh, yeah. You, like, pull from, it, like, things you missed when you were a kid and things you missed from, like, growing up and, like, damn, I wish we still had that or I wish this was still around. A lot of it isn't even stuff that I had when I was a kid. It's like, uh, so a lot of my references from like the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. and I was born in 1990, so it's like pre, when I was a kid, but it's what all like the older kids had, or uh, stuff I saw on TV, like G.I. Joe was huge for me when I was a kid, and that's from the 80s, but somehow it like trickled down to, you know, that was still accessible in the 90s, yeah. so I, I think a lot of it comes from... Uh, like pre-technology I feel like kind of leveled the playing field on a lo- how a lot of stuff was done and the 80s just seems like a real like end of a lot of that shit or like uh, it, you just don't see stuff that looks like that anymore so I think that's where a lot of that reference comes from speaking of that like time period did you watch the new season of Stranger Things oh I we talk about that in the studio all the time. I still haven't watched it yet, but uh, I've, I've seen, like, bits and pieces, and it looks like the, the 80s is just, like, leaking out of it. Well, Even more so than the previous two seasons. See, I, we were talking, um, Sam and I were talking about, that's, like, the reason I like the show, is it lets you experience the 80s in this, like, really cinematic, but seems like an honest way. Yeah. And it's not... I mean, it's over the top because it's sci-fi, but it's well, like... it's stuff you haven't seen before. So yeah. it's like... You you don't think about, like, kids on Halloween... Being the in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just... You just don't... So, like, that's why I love that show. I'd say the first two seasons... So, like, my favorite character out of anyone in Stranger Things is Billy. Okay. And, uh, like, that's the dude that... If I was in the 80s, that's the dude I would want to be. Like, metalhead. Like, yeah. He's, like, a piece of shit, but that's okay. Like, that's a character. Yeah. But, uh... And that's the stuff I take from that. That's, like, kind of... I don't know. You, can, you can't really shut that off in your brain when you're making work and stuff. So a lot of my influence definitely was from seeing Stranger Things or, like, 
I feel like there's a lot of 80s stuff that's kind of popping up around or like 80s influence stuff especially now it's huge right now yeah between color scheme like if you look at how people dress like the colors are wearing oh yeah you look at me like 80s music is coming back i mean yeah. iron maiden's touring again guns and roses is touring well, again. well like, 80s metal is really like if i could pinpoint i love hip-hop that's like 90 percent of what i listen to but the other 10 percent is 80s metal but I mean Metallica specifically I just love that era of Metallica and like the way they dressed and it was so different from anything else Yeah, and it still is different than anything that exists now so uh, I, I love moments in time like that where it's like if someone did that now it would be really weird or uh, or you can see that it like a lot of so like 80s metal is now like hip hop it's like that's kind of the transition where it's like a lot of those a lot of that imagery and stuff is kind of leaking into other things and it doesn't really i mean metal music doesn't exist in a huge way anymore it's not yeah that's for sure a big reach i mean the the punk and hardcore communities especially are like so small and so tight-knit and it's so anti-computer like it's so tight yeah it's 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 cool to see something built on word of mouth and a community rather than a platform like social like social media instagram you know 100 percent. that's why like i've been starting to go to like more metal shows and stuff lately and i've just i have a buddy who just always like every day he sends me a new like album to listen to and i'm like cool i'll check it out because yeah. i have literally nothing else to do like yeah send it to me i'll listen to it yeah um, yeah i love that stuff. he got me into like power trip and then we went to that show together and it, it melted my face is... off that screams like that. It gives me that same exact feeling. Like the first time I heard them was the same feeling I got when I listened to Metallica when I was younger. Like this is in your face. I think their vocals are heavier. Yeah, but it's that same. I, it's just like evolve though. And yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, if there was anything that was on the trajectory of eighties metal, it's like Power Trip, where it does have that same feeling. And I think the shows yeah. are probably a lot. Similar to how like an early. 80s metal show would be, especially early 80s metal shows. Have you shows. seen uh, Heavy Metal Parking Lot? Uh huh. You gotta watch it. It's on. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video or whatever that thing okay. is. But yeah, it's like it's just interview with like metalheads in the 80s, and that those things are what like inspire me more than seeing a produce like Stranger Things is awesome, mm. and I love that show, and we watch it in like a night. But as far as, like, influence for work, I try to dig up, like, the weirder, like, more obscure, or more intimate, like, I mean, they were our age, or I probably, like, your age, definitely, like, early 20s, just pieces of shit, didn't have... Living in a van. Yeah, didn't have any, like, responsibilities, and and that, to me, is, like, something I want to pull from, you know? Where I'm at, like, I have no, like, I wouldn't go back in time now, but um, I can still totally remember when I was that age and felt that way, so, and I think making work about that stuff is pretty interesting. Yeah, do you feel like that is a way for you to kind of live through it in a way? Because you're creating that and, like, making it. But you never, like, really lived through it. So my, it my goal for, like, the bootlegs and stuff like that is kind of 
um, I think about it as like in 20 years if you come across one of those bootlegs like in you know if you think about the 80 shirts that we're all wearing now like that shit's gonna be gone in 10 years like yeah and I have shirts now that are falling apart so that's not gonna exist forever so I wanna make something that kind of strikes a vein but is very specific but would still be like really sick to find in 20 years like damn look at this thing like yeah. where is this from so I, I try not to think about it too much about like filtering through me it's like that's what the work looks like but a lot of it is just like I want a piece of that I would I would have loved to do a Metallica shirt in the 80s but like how can I do that now so and are you looking to do it you're looking to do it differently than they were doing it then but sure. still making like that same feeling of it I want to just do it like I would do it so if if you know, Black Sabbath came to me, I would have done that shirt, you know, like that's, yeah, that's how I, I want to approach my work and that's how I, I want to get jobs and stuff. I want people to see like, if you ask him to do it, this is kind of the spin that it's going to take And and that's kind of where my focus is, is like, what does the filter look like that you put everything through? And it's, it's not even about me. It's kind of just about um, what I'm looking at, like references and stuff. And I, I feel I want to reinvent that all the time. I want it to be a constant cycle of like stuff I'm taking in and then what comes out as a direct reflection of that. And I, I don't really think it matters what I'm taking in, but like if what's coming out is resonating, like that's that's what's cool for me. So if you're working on like say you're working on a Black Sabbath tee, mm -hmm. do you directly reference things they've done or, or like their music or is it just I try whatever? to stay away from every, like, so when I do the bootlegs, I do look at imagery, like I just, I'm doing a, a Terminator, for Terminator 2 The Ride, which is like a, a John and I, when I was in New York, John and I talked about, um, what we remembered from Universal Studios when we were kids, which is like such an obscure reference, but I think a lot of people my age went to Universal Studios in the 90s, and the Terminator ride was like mind-blowing at the time. So, I, like that's the stuff, that's the subject matter I love. So I looked at a bunch of references from that, but when I'm actually doing the work, I'm looking at, <coughs> where my work comes from so like folk art and like 60s and 70s like illustration and stuff i try to keep out of directly referencing the material it's coming from when i'm making the work gotcha so you kind of try to you literally just try to make it your own mm -hmm. you don't try to mimic anything i think that's what's really cool you get you get a lot of things that people have never seen before i think that's why i like knock on wood that's why i stay out of getting in trouble for it too is because it doesn't look like they did it it's yeah. definitely from a different place but i think it's more digestible for people when it's something they know about whereas like a cheat and snake shirt is kind of hard for people especially that are new to my work or anything 
they don't know. It's like you were talking about before with like the army patches. Like I don't know what that means, so I'm not gonna be a part of that. Um, at first, the bootlegs were kind of that for me. It was like inviting people to be a part of what I what I was doing in a you know a really digestible, easy way. Like, oh, I know what Black Sabbath is, or I know what Gravedigger is. So that that's kind of my approach for the bootlegs. That's a really cool way to look at it. That's like you saying that just sparked it in my head. Uh, over the last like six months, I've been like strictly just listening to like Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. And my buddy, the same one who shows me all the music, was like, "You need to start listening to them. Like they're crazy." Yeah. And I started getting into them, especially because of their T-shirts uh-huh. and their the bootleg community and the Grateful Dead. Like so crazy. goes together. Like you go to a show and they have an entire street called that's, Shakedown Street where you sell bootlegs. Yeah, that's, and that's like their thing. That's definitely directly where the bootleg idea came from but i wanted to so like i could definitely do a grateful dead tea yeah i'm not a grateful dead fan so it's like it didn't make sense for me but that community and that idea of celebrating a band in like a honest way i'm not trying to make a million dollars off of all these other people's shit it's just like i'm a fan of it and i what i want to see or what i want to wear from that band doesn't exist so i'm gonna do it and i think that's like i'm sure you're familiar with online ceramics oh yeah like that that was huge for me when i started doing the bootleg because a lot of their stuff has nothing to do if you know the grateful dead you can find the references yeah but For if you sure. don't, it's just a t-shirt that, you know... That looks sick. Yeah, that's a cool... But it does speak a lot to that fan base and, like, definitely made for that. I don't know. I, that whole idea is... That's what I take away from The Grateful Dead. I'm not, like, a huge fan of music, but I yeah. think that community is pretty insane and how long it's lasted and how passionate those people are about a band that they don't know is, you know, I, I think that's there's something to be said about that for sure yeah i feel like it's what they did what they've done well is they've added not only community through the music and through like the dancing and all that stuff but they then they have the bootleg stuff mm-hmm. then they have the like there's like cover bands all over and the cover bands even sell out shows because yeah. like people just love being around people that like that certain thing and i feel like that's something that a lot of things a lot of like not only artists and musicians, that's what's like missing is like that sense of community. Just like we were talking about with the metal thing and the punk. Like nowadays it takes that community to grow and grow and grow. And they, only, they take the Grateful Dead out of it though. It doesn't matter yeah. who's in the band. It's like th- this is going without them. It's a, it's a separate machine that functions if the Grateful Dead stopped doing anything, stopped being a band tomorrow that machine would just turn into something else and they would celebrate it some other way. And I think that's, like, the... You hope, as an artist, like, you know, that's striking gold. There's no other community that really works like that. So, like, that's something that I think... With technology and social media and stuff, it works without that, which blows my mind. Yeah, that's really hard to come by these days, too. I mean, you really can't think of anything else that functions like that without the internet forcing it to I guess there's not a whole lot or you don't the problem I have with the internet now is like you don't really know it's genuine or 
what's manufactured to look genuine. So you can buy all these likes and you can like there's that and that's that's considered business now. That's mm-hmm. like a strategy for companies and but to me like that's terrifying cuz I want to know what what I'm a part of. And part of me I don't really care cuz like I know what I like and I think that's another part of it is like being an individual is kind of gone by the wayside uh, with all these clicks and like communities you you subscribe to something you know like you're you're a part of this thing and just being a weirdo like that's a really hard thing to be in 2019 it's like just a total individual yeah it's like you're you just get grouped into some weird category especially with the industry pushing forward all these weirdos Mm -hmm. to be the end thing like yeah like kids that really don't fit in or people that really don't fit in like really don't know what to do like they don't so like they can't even be themselves like the soundcloud rapper phenomenon they all started dyeing their hair all crazy colors and now you see it everywhere but it's not that crazy because you're like well i know you know, depending on how your hair is dyed, I know where that came from because I know the source. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, kids, that's the way kids work. You, if you're around, if you're influenced by a certain thing, you mimic it, and that's cool. But I don't think there's a lot of people that are like, what if I did this, you know? It's all, I saw this, so I'm going to do this. And it's a hodgepodge, and I think that's, in the right direction you're not stealing off from one thing but i think people just got to figure out like i think that's why looking back in time is so popular now because people are sick of stealing stuff from current day so now they're like all that shit from the 80s like that was cool and i'm gonna do that so yeah i remember in high school like everybody from my school, like, dressed the same and mm-hmm. looked the same. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there were, I graduated with, like, 250 kids. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knew each other. And I remember the first time I ever rolled my pants. Everyone was yeah. like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, the yeah. classic, is there a flood coming? Like, yeah, That was, yeah, like, yeah. all like all I heard all day. And I was yeah. like, "Yeah, it's." I mean, it's comfortable and it looks cool, so I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then I come home, Dad's like, well, damn. Yeah. yeah. 1980s, huh? Yeah. He's like, I, I, I did that shit back in the day. Yeah. like, that's kind of, it was kind of cool to, like, for the first time to, like, not fit in with all my friends that, like, all just oh, wore, like, sure. Nike basketball shorts and two yeah. socks and sneakers every day. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't know. It gives you, like, a sense of, like, almost like pride. Like, you got to do well, something for the first time. And like, if people can identify, like, that's your thing. So, at school, you were the guy with the rolled pants. And there's someone that didn't know you that now knows you. Even if it's for something that they're, like, making fun of you for, I mean, I think that's what pushes me to, like, do weird shit, is it sucks when people rag on you and, like, they make you feel bad about it, but it's it's a two-way street. Now they know who you are and you stand out, and I think that's kind of the power in it, and that's the reason to keep doing it. And it's definitely, like, a type of person. I, I just went back to Appleton, Wisconsin for the weekend, which is where I grew up, in, like, the way I dress every day in the stores there is, like, a totally... Like, nobody sees shit like that. Yeah. So, 
I'm fine with that because I know that's coming mm-hmm. and like I, I can understand that but I think that's like a with the internet that's hard for kids to in, in like the whole um, kind of trying to make just the world like a safer place I think makes that shit harder to do it's cause like well if you're getting made fun of still like you're doing something wrong yes yeah everything's kind of gotten a little bit more tame. Like, when I was a kid, getting made fun of was just... It's just part life. of the day, yeah. yeah. But now it's like, there's something seriously wrong if you're... People are, like, shit-talking you. Like, you yeah. gotta reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like... I just saw somebody put out some stupid tweet that day, and my buddy was like... He quoted and was like, man, some people should have been bullied more in school. And it's yeah. like, honestly, that's something that, like... I mean, extreme bullying is not cool at all. Like, no. Everybody can agree with that, but just, like... When your friends are just sit there and like pick on you for something, like yeah. everybody should go through that. I feel like I just it, like, feel like there's I don't it, know. It's just more of I don't know if there's like a uh, equation for it. I think it's just like people just gotta stop being so critical of everything. It's just one hundred percent. I like there's some shit that shouldn't happen, and I think that's very obvious to most people. I think there is a definite line of like, okay, this isn't cool. But then there's some stuff that it's like, does it matter? Is that going to matter to that kid in, you know, a week? But if you make a big deal of it, I think that's where the problems come in. It's like, there's so much shit that's just built on, you know, like a snowball effect of this tiny thing turning into a big thing. And I think that's a lot of what kids deal with now is like, They do have bigger questions than we did, or I did when I was a kid. Like, they have to deal with way gnarlier shit. Like, they know about politics, which is awesome. But I also think they're, I don't know. I feel bad for them sometimes. Because, I mean... You're not a kid, really. You're, like, a tiny adult. Yeah, that sucks. Because, I mean, how often do you really see kids outside riding bikes or... Never. Playing in the street, which, that's what I'm, like... My mom makes my little brothers go outside and play, and they love being outside, though, like... Yeah, they love going outside, yeah. and it's like you don't really see kids in the neighborhood like playing outside. Like when I was a kid, like we were all riding bikes, doing the hood rat stuff, like yeah, like getting the, in trouble, doing whatever, like video games and shit. And now it's like a sport, and you know that dude just made three million dollars off 15. of Fortnite or whatever. And yeah. it's like I get it, and that's cool, and that's like whatever. I think athletes in general are overpaid, so why not make, like, a new sport that you don't have to be fit as fuck to play, and, like, it's a strategy thing, and, like, using your brain, and that's dope to me, but, yeah, they are missing something by, you're interacting through a headset, and even if you're in the same room, you're, like, all watching a screen, I just think that's, like, a crazy, weird, I can't relate, because that's not how I grew up, so. Yeah, and you saying that, I grew up when the PS2 was huge. Yeah. So we all used to like plug in the controllers and we'd all play like NFL Street or like stuff like that. Yeah, we shit talking each other. But now it's like you don't even need to be in the same same country. Yeah. You're like, yeah, my friend from China, I'm going to like, you know, kick his ass in whatever game. (laughs) It's like, that's sick that you know a dude from China that you can play video games with. But I do think there's a huge disconnect on you just don't have the interaction or like the social the face-to-face yeah aspect of it playing outside you know getting into trouble like i just feel like 
that whole dynamic has changed. Like, when I was a kid, trouble was kind of part of growing up, growing up and being, you know, being the age you were. Yeah. Because you knew you couldn't do it forever. And now it's like kids are just past that, and they're like, not that kids need to get in trouble, but I just feel like they're so on a track of like, like this is what all the kids do, so I'm gonna do that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's more than ever. Even though kids are way like crazier now, they're insane. Yeah, I think uh, the similarities among a majority of kids is pretty shocking, startling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I like my little brothers. One of them. So my mom does this thing before the first day of school, where like they hold up a little oh hell yeah whiteboard yeah, and like write what they want to be. And, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And one of my little brothers put that he wants to be an animator. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's super tight. Yeah, like yeah. my other one was like, of course he wants to be a millionaire, but he's like a penny pin he's like a penny pincher as a little kid like he will not spend his money that's fucking sick though and then my little sister she just didn't even know she's just like I just wanna like play with Barbies and shit but my one that's dope too my, he's my oldest little brother he's 10 I don't dude I'm, I lose track yeah he's no, 10 fine. I think yeah. he uh when he said that I was like that's tight so I ordered him uh like this you can buy like Batman comics in bulk uh-huh. so I bought him like the golden years like edition 1 through oh, like whatever yeah, yeah. And mom's like, he read through that thing. He's read through it like six times. And like, she, he'll go through like draw stuff from it. Oh, that's. And I was like, see, that's what like I used to do as a kid. Like, I would go get a book like with illustrations in it. And I sucked at drawing, but I'd sit there and try to sketch it. Like, but all now day. it's like, that's the sick part about technology and stuff is like, I mean, we talk about it in the studio and you can see all the books and shit we have. Mm-hmm. But all that's so much more accessible now. And I don't know if it's because we're older and like we have money and we can buy all the shit we want. But a lot of it you can just find online and yep. like, in in so when kids do want to do shit, they can do it faster and better and but and that gives me hope. But like they have no idea. I don't know. They just don't have like the. I, I feel like there's a a creativity, a lack of creativity in a lot of young. That's what I was going to bring up people. earlier. Was that do you think that the lack of going outside and like playing cops and robbers and stuff like you think that affects affects the use of their imagination because like what i think affects imagination the most is people putting like all these weird social rules on stuff like i just don't think you should be telling kids what to do so much or like so cops and robbers is a great example you couldn't do cops and robbers anymore because there's going to be some mom that's like you know i don't want my kid to be a robber like and it's yeah. like that shit is so dumb to me. I just just let kids play and like I think when kids are playing it should be hands off. Like unless something really alarming is happening or they're fighting or whatever. Yeah. Like. Or if they're fighting if it gets like super physical or like yeah. one kid's like beating the shit out of it, other kids then like clearly then he's step definitely. it. But yeah. like if kids are playing, I don't think I think there's so much attention on, like, language and um, all of, like, the social structure of, like, being sensitive to everything, Mm -hmm. I think is really a damper on development and just being creative and, like, finding solutions. I, I just think when you're given, so like, a rule book of okay, now that, like, I can't say anything or, like, I, I think that's, like, really 
I can't imagine being a kid in, in that situation. And I'm sure kids, now kids go through that, but I see a lot of it. Yeah. Like, that's really crazy to me. And it especially affects your, like, critical thinking skills. I mean, when everything's handed down to you, here's your rule book, don't break the rules, whatever, you yeah. don't you don't have that, what if this happens, then what do I do? Well, like, and, and they see consequences way more immediately than I think we did. Like, a lot of times... When I was a kid, I, you, you don't know what's really bad or mm -hmm. what your parents just don't like. But now the internet kind of gives you, you know, that's all at your fingertips. Like, this will get you locked up in jail or, like, this is just something that, like, you shouldn't do. Yeah. So, that's, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I just, I noticed that for sure. Just thinking about, like, whenever I was little and all the shit I used to do. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, so my grandma had this pond in the backyard, and everybody had a mongoose back in the day. Mm -hmm. I remember. Like a bike? Yeah, the mongoose bikes okay. from Walmart, because yeah. we, were, we were broke. We didn't have nice bikes. We had, like, the, oh, the yeah. shitty I mongoose. Had, I had a mongoose. And uh, we used to buy those plastic skate ramps and try yeah. to jump the pond. Yeah. And I remember hitting the edge, the other edge of the pond, and face planting into the gravel on the other side. Oh, hell yeah. My grandma coming out and beating my ass. But it's like. I'm, I've, I've seen my little brothers doing stuff like that. Like we used to build like the craziest ramps and shit, and just like launch our bikes and yeah, eat shit and limp home and like <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't yeah. exist now. It's, just be home when the be home when the streetlights oh, come man. on. I'm, like Jackass was big when I was in middle school, I think. And like that's what we wanted to do. I mean, if you asked me in middle school, it's like that probably was one of my answers. Like yeah. I just want to be on like Jackass. Yeah. That was, I feel like every, every Midwestern kid, like boy, yeah. when they got to middle school, they're like, I just want to be on Jackass, like, that looks fun. And, and now, well, and you see the repercussions, like all those dudes either are in rehab, dead, or going through rehab. Yeah. So, I get that, but that also, maybe they're just, you know, kids these days are just need some sort of inspiration to be outside and do those things because like that's definitely where it came from it's like between Tony Hawk uh, I don't even know like like Dave Mira and shit with bikes I was going to say Matt Hoffman was Matt tight. Hoffman um, and then there, like inline skating was big when I was a kid too but like that stuff that's what we were doing outside we were trying to you know skateboard and jump our bikes off shit and then like when jackass came out just like jumping off of roofs and stuff and like i know that stuff is bad but like it's part of being a, like you got to do kind of you, you almost like have to do that stuff as a kid but if you don't go through it I, I just feel like like those memories are the ones i remember so i don't know for sure are these kids gonna remember playing video games and like i don't think so i don't know if that's the way it works i i played video games but i don't remember any of that stuff really it doesn't yeah matter to me yeah, that's crazy to, that, you, that you say that because, like, thinking back, I don't, yeah, I don't remember any of those times. But I remember like me and my best friend when I was in elementary. He had like these woods behind him, and there's like this creek, and then another neighborhood. Yeah, and we would go build like forts, and airsoft guns were huge. How cool is that? That like vividly, like I don't even know what my backyard looks like that yeah. I live in now. Like, yeah, you remember that? And yeah. you can, and that's the same way I am with the places that we played when I was a kid. It's like, 
I know the landscape. I know all the hiding spots. Like, yeah, you can make a map of it right now. Exactly, which is, like, that's sick to me. I, I feel like that's, like, a big, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out with kids, but. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. You're going to make your, your daughter go outside, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to go outside with her. Like, that's the other thing. Parents have to do it, too. I feel like parents now are really caught up in... And, and shit's hard now. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to live, you know? Like, you realize all that shit that... You, you got upset with your parents that didn't want to, like, do shit with you when they got home from work. Like, I get it. It's hard. It's a weird balance to, like... Especially being a creative and being in charge of, like, your own life is, like... A lot of times, it's so hectic that... How am I going to throw a kid into this? But... I th- I think that's like that takes the front seat now and like that's you know going to be my priority is how do I make this memorable instead of like she looks back and doesn't remember shit until she can start hanging out with her friends like I don't want that you know yeah. I want her to have this like the way I grew up where like when we my parents would take us on trips and stuff like I still remember all that stuff so yeah I think uh Traveling is another, like, huge... We want to travel a bunch with her. Um, I, I just, like, that was the biggest part of growing up for me. I, I still think about all the trips we took when I was a kid, so... Yeah, I never really... We never really got to travel. My parents got divorced when I was super little. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we never had a lot of money at either house. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, tr- the few trips we got to take, I remember them vividly, but, like... The things that meant the most to me was like my dad would work a ten hour day and then come like coach my little league football team. Sure, yeah, like that like, was that so sick now. to me. Like yeah. thinking about that now, like yeah. knowing what he actually does, yeah. I'm like holy shit, yeah. How did you even do that? Like, yeah. and that's the stuff I appreciate now. Like my dad was always like, "You want to go play catch with the baseball outside, or you want to go?" I used to go hunting with him all the time, and I, I hated hunting, but like yeah. I liked spending time with my dad. Yeah, just hanging out and just like, I would fall asleep in the tree stand. Yeah, and he'd sit there and wake me up when a deer came by, and then yeah. Like oh this is tight, yeah. but like, yeah. look, like I'm so glad he like took me out to do that and took me out to go fishing with him and well, it's and even though I'm not even yeah. though I'm not into it now, like I'm really glad I did it when I was oh yeah when I was younger because I can look back and remember it. Like my grandpa just passed and like looking back like things I used to do with him like getting in the bottom of this like rickety ass fishing boat yeah and going out in the middle of the lake and just sitting there and running trot lines all day like yeah. That shit that I would never do by myself, but like, and if you do it now, it's like, man, I liked this when I was a kid. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Or if you go back to places you went when you were a kid that you have fond memories of, and it's just not the same. Like that, I like going back to like not having a bunch of money and shit. Like, I don't think that you didn't need a ton of money to yeah. like make memories like that. Like you said, like a shitty fishing boat, and something as simple as that can make such like a vivid memory for like the rest of your life which now getting ready to have a kid like those are the things I'm thinking about of like how do you make something substantial even if it's not really that special yeah even if it's just going out to lunch or yeah going going to the movies or like that's something like with my dad that we cherish a lot because he, he loves going to the movies. Yeah. And so anytime there's a cool release, we're like, let's just go watch it. Like, yeah. I remember, you remember when that, uh, it was just called Rambo? 
yeah. came out, like yeah. when he's like kind of older. Yeah. I remember my dad taking me to see that in middle school. Yeah. Like this is the like sickest thing deal, ever because yeah. it's rated R. And it's yeah. like, I don't ever get to go to rated R movies. Yeah. And seeing that with him was super tight. One of the only times loves. I went to the movies with my dad when I was a kid is he took me to see Star Wars Episode One. Fire. Yeah, and I remember like it had so much hype and like I had seen Star Wars obviously, but like it wasn't my dad wasn't like a big nerd or anything. But I remember when it came out, it was like he was stoked and I was stoked and like that dynamic. I think if you can get excited about shit that kids are excited about. That means a way way more than you think it does to a kid. Oh, for sure. I remember like building some of my Legos and yeah. showing my dad, and he'd be like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah, I guess. And I'm just like, "Damn, you don't get I, was, it. I was hoping you liked yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Like, I spent so much time building that." Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something like in your instance because you are creative and make things like that. Like, if your daughter comes up to you with this Lego, even if you don't even know what it is, like, yeah, to get excited for them, like when my little brother's draw a picture like make me something with legos i'm like oh that's super cool because yeah. like my parents never like understood what the heck oh, it was yeah so just like oh that's cool you can go back to playing like yeah i, yeah, I think definitely like getting stoked that. for what they're doing yeah makes them feel a lot better than definitely you would ever even like think i guess as, yeah. a, as a parent especially no i that's the goal is like or like making stuff for her i think mm-hmm. my mom would always make our like halloween costumes and stuff and I think about, uh, uh, I think about sometimes I would get bummed that I didn't have like this, especially when I was way younger. It's like, I wanted that power ranger mask. Like I didn't want my mom to make it for me. Yeah. But now I like, we still have some of that shit and just to see how much work went into like one night's worth of costume is mind blowing. And, and I, I that's what I'm excited for is to like I don't know I think that's where the creativity stuff comes from is uh, you see different solutions like it doesn't have to be from a store to be valid it can just be this like totally weird thing and just as good yeah 100% yeah I feel like that's another thing that's that's uh, I don't know how I'm trying to say this like when it comes to fashion and stuff I feel like a lot of people are taking their logos like almost off their Oh, like I, the yeah. uh, like the the debranding of things is like becoming a big thing, yeah. I which th- is super weird. I think we talk about this a lot in the studio. Like um, a couple years ago, it was really popular to have like really clean, even on Instagram. Like everything's organized, everything looks really clean, and now a lot you see like really messy. DIY like crazy shit is getting almost more play and I think that's just like the ebbs and flows of uh, like consumer culture is like it's the more technology and this was a big thing when I was in art school like the more technology becomes a part of our lives the more like the hand done one of a kind um things that are actually made by a human being the more valuable that stuff's going to be so like arguably i'd say it's way a way better idea to be an artist now than ever before because it's like that is only going to go up in value being able to actually make something it's great to be smart it's great to be 
good with a computer, but, like, to be able to actually make something that's worth something to someone else is, I think, like, the, the biggest value you can have. And as someone who collects, like, anything and everything, I totally, I feel that way. Like, you have tons of books and stuff, and it's like, you you would rather look at it in there than you would on the computer screen because you can touch it and feel it and, and see the work that thing. went into and, it. And you can see the people that owned it before you, like... I read a lot of like weird business books and I always buy them used because I love when they come highlighted and like dog-eared and like I just like that passage of time where on a computer it's a clean slate and like there's a person that that appeals to but yeah it's not me I, I like the I like when things deteriorate from being used too much I like vintage t-shirts like the more fucked up they are the more valuable they are. And I think that's, like, how I kind of navigate in my life is, like, when you can see the age on something, that's when I would get excited about it. When you can see the love that someone else put into it. Yeah, and, and, and with that. the bootleg shirts, like, that's something that I'm always really interested in, which I don't see a lot of yet, is, like, I want to see what they look like in, like, five years from when you bought it, and, like... That's when the shirt's going to be in its prime for me. It's not when you get it in the mail, it's, like when you spill that entire beer on it and then, you know, get rained out at that concert you're at, like, that's when I feel like shit comes into its true form for me. Like, when there's life put into anything. Like, your phone. Like, everybody's got cracks and shit on their phone. I think it'd be crazy for Apple to replace this with something that doesn't get cracked. Because I think, like, if you don't have a crack on your phone... You're a crazy person. Something's <laughs> wrong. You don't drop your phone. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I always rock the case on mine because I do drop mine a lot. See, I love not having the case. I get scared as hell. See, I'd like, if I fuck up my phone and watch, it's going to happen now. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I You don't even rock the screen protector, do you? No. Just fucking naked. Naked phone. I rock the screen protector. I, Mine's I, cracked right now. I, I might have it. one on here. It looks like you do. Yeah, I try not to... Like, the screen, I get bummed if it breaks, but, like, the yeah, back... Yeah, the back, it doesn't really matter, but the, the front, you kind of need it. Until this starts cutting my fingers, then I'll... Take it in. Replace it. Yeah. Yep. It's the yeah. classic cycle. Yeah. But, uh... We're gonna hit these last few questions. Cool. Take a pen. Alright. Do whatever you need to draw on. There's just five easy hitters. Here, I have my, my notebook right here if you want. Okay. So just draw whatever you want. Okay. Whatever is on your mind. But first question: Top five bands of all time. Metallica. Okay. I'm gonna say Blink One Eight Two just because we've been talking about them all morning, and I just did that poster for tonight's show, so it's like fresh, and they had a huge influence on me when I was younger. Um, That's two. The Rolling Stones, for sure. The Beatles. Got one more? Yeah. It's so hard to just narrow it down. Oh, man. These are just your top five favorites, too. It doesn't have to be, like, the best band ever, but it's, like, ones you love. Another band I love that I could consider, like... Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, are you listening? Top five bands. I don't really, I don't think it was bands, I feel like musicians, because most of mine are 
Oh, yeah. Can I do, like, a rapper? Go for it. Shit. He's digging to the Spotify. I'll, I'll rattle off mine. Okay. Number one, Black Sabbath. Oh, Black Sabbath, for sure. Number one is Black Sabbath by far. My fifth is Black Sabbath. Number two is Metallica. Number three is Zeppelin. That's a good one. Number four is Grateful Dead, just because I've literally only listened to them this summer. And number five, it's a a heavy tie. Heavy tie between the Eagles and... Oh, fuck, I forgot the other one, so it's the Eagles. We're just going to go the Eagles. Yeah, mine's Black Sabbath. I can't believe I forgot. That's my favorite band of all time, because Ozzy's the GOAT. I listen to, like, my most played albums of all time is Kill 'Em All in Volume 4, probably. But one of the Black Sabbath albums, for sure. Those are both my favorite from each band. Yeah, Kill 'Em All is just, like... It's a special album. I don't know. Like, Hit the Lights is such, like, a crazy... I don't know what it does to me, like, (laughs) mentally, but that song just lights a fire. And in in other uh, songs and shit that I... For a long time, I was, like... Whenever I had to do a meeting or, like, something where I had to be confident, I would listen to this... I don't even remember what song it was, but it was this Drake song. And it was just like it like did it for me, but uh, Mate- hit the lights is my other song like that, and it never gets old. It's always like so sick to me. I don't know. Mine is uh, Whiplash. Whiplash is another Whiplash good is one. Sick. Yeah. I remember it blowing my mind because there was a guitar solo every like thirty seconds in that song. Well, have you seen that uh, some kind of monster documentary? Uh huh. It's like that Metallica documentary. Okay. And they uh, tell him he can't do any solos in it. And it's like, man, you fucked up this Metallica album because... There's no solos. His solos are, like, what make it for me. And uh, Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth, Cliff Burton shreds that bass guitar. Yeah, and that's, like, such a crazy different solo, too. Okay, number two. This one's another hard one. Top five cartoons ever. SpongeBob. Uh, Gravity Falls. Also agree. Um... I'm throwing Adventure Time in there because I love that show. I love Space Ghost. Like the original yeah, Space yeah, Ghost yeah. from like the 60s or 70s or 80s. I don't know when the fuck that was on, but watch that all the time. You can watch it on YouTube. That's three? Yeah. Um, I mean, I could go all day with cartoons. You only got five. I'm adding Scooby-Doo to my list. See, Scooby-Doo six, and Space Ghost is kind of like the same... They're all designed by uh, Alex Toth, and like he's one of those artists that I am obsessed with. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones I used to watch all the time. I guess like some '90s shit I gotta throw in. Like Angry Beavers was tight. Angry Beavers, but like Doug, because Doug was like coming of age too. Doug was going through the same shit I was. Yeah. Um, and then Ren and Stimpy, I think, because it's just another one. So. That's crazy to me that that was on TV. And I'm going to throw in Wile E. Coyote, because I, oh, I love Wile like, E. Coyote. Any old Looney Tunes, I fuck with. I love that stuff. Okay. Number three, favorite movie all time and why? Me and my roommate just had this conversation last night, so that's why it was on the list. I think this would change like consistently. 
Um, The Goonies is like forever my favorite movie. But right now, I think... um, Probably like Rambo or I've been watching Terminator Two for the, I've watched it like three times in the past like two weeks. I think uh, Terminator Two to me is like the ultimate action movie. It's just like it's an action movie, but it has obviously such like sci-fi elements that it's like the coolest combination to me. The Goonies I love because. It's kids that are on an adventure that, like, I don't know. I just feel like you couldn't make the Goonies today. Uh, I also really liked Super 8. I don't know if that would Super 8 was cool. be in my, like, top five, but um, I feel like it's worth a mention because I, I just feel like the actors in that movie and, like, the way it's shot is so different. And it I don't know if it got a ton of praise, but I feel like it deserves it. It was a good movie. My favorite movie is uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's a good one. I just don't like fucking like crazy gory shit. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't say that one's like crazy, but that one is. I guess it's gory, but not like the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why Quentin Tarantino just kills me. It's because it's so unnecessary. Well, some of it is like holy fuck. Like you didn't need to do that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I love those. Once in a while throwing those movies on when you're like super into it yeah so like that brad pitt's like my favorite actor too did you see the new one no we're seeing it this weekend we had to wait till brianna gets down to to warnsburg because she wants to see it yeah i heard it was fucking crazy i've heard it's really really good yeah number four so we were watching tombstone last night because my roommate has never seen it and it's one it's in my top five ever um if you were a wild west bandit what would your nickname be because they had sick ass names Cheating snakes. I knew that was coming. I don't know what mine would be. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I don't even think I have one. See, like, their names are just fucking cool. Like, Wyatt Earp sounds like a made-up name, but it's not, you know? Doc Holliday. Doc That's Holliday. A sick name. Like, Doc is such a crazy, like... Cowboy name. Sam, what would your Wild West name be? I have no clue. Oh, come on. See, it's a tough one. I, that's an immediate one. That's for an immediate me. one for you, but it's a tough yeah. one for like everyone else. Like one of the dudes' name was like Creek Johnson. That's yeah, a sick name. Texas Jack, but that's like a super common one. I just feel like uh, you could do the same with like a wrestling name. Like, well, that goes in my next question. If you were a wrestler, what would your name, look, and finisher be? My name would be Cheating Snakes. Uh, my finisher would be. The Stone Cold Stunner. If I mean, if I had to make one up, it could be uh, that, but you'd have to name it something different. Yeah, it would be like the. What would you call that? Well, I would be a like Mad Max cowboy. So like, if you mashed up Mad Max in the Old West, so like steampunk Old West. Yeah, it, but it, not so steampunk. It's not it would really just steampunk. be like that weird, like DIY dystopian, dirty shit. like yeah, weirdo. Okay. Um, 
yeah, I would. It would be the Stone Cold Stunner though. That's the best finisher, because it the setup is great, and the move always looks cool. There's some like, um, there's some finishers that are like, if you don't do it right, it looks terrible. So, yeah, I don't know what I would call it. I'll get back to you. I was gonna say mine would be. I would definitely be like a Western look. My finisher would be the Tombstone. There you go. Because the tombstone's tight. Yeah. And it kind of fits that. Yeah. And then my look, I would just wear like, I would definitely wear snakeskin boots with tight ass Wranglers. Yeah. And a cut off uh, flannel t-shirt. But it's like the tank top, cut into a tank top. Yeah, but like like Undertaker used to with like the fucking jagged ass, like Fred Flintstone sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd have to wear like a, a nice brimmed hat. Well, then you're like basically the Undertaker, 80s Undertaker. Yeah. I think he actually debuted in 1990 maybe, but I always think of him he's like an 80s like movie villain. Yeah. Un- original Undertaker is one of the most underrated. I think it's cuz he's still wrestling that he doesn't have like the He's not on, like, the board of, like, the fucking big dog wrestlers. I think he's got to fucking retire, and then he'll get the credit he deserves. But, yeah. Oh, and what would your walkout song be? That's a big one. Bring the Ruckus, or... The best Wu-Tang song. Or... Hit the Lights would be sick. Or... What was I just thinking? Oh, um... Party Up by DMX. Okay. That would be tight. Yeah, Party Up is like... You talk about shit that happened when you were a kid. I don't remember... I think it was a skate part or something in like a skate video I used to watch. But I remember Party Up used to be like... I love that song. And I had never heard the unedited one until I downloaded it once. And played it on a CD in my mom's car. Like that song is fucking crazy. So, mine would be Electric Funeral. Ooh, that'd be a good one by Sabbath. Yeah, I was just listening to that on the way down. I was like, this song is really tight. Yeah, I like. I feel like you have to have like a before. Like my favorite entrance of all time is the Undertaker's with like the bells ringing. Yeah. I think when they added the music originally, it was just the bells, and I feel like that's like the sickest. You need, like, some sort of, like, the glass breaking for yeah. Stone Cold. That's, like, the way to do it. That's, That's the way to set it off, yeah. to get the hype going. Yeah, because people know you're coming then. Yeah. And then you look at, like, when UFC fighters and stuff enter the ring, and it's just, like, back in the day, it used to be super tight, because you could actually hear their walk-up songs when they're walking to the ring and stuff, and now it's, like, non-existent. I feel like that's something that's missing from it, too. I feel like... The reason, like, the theatrics of wrestling are the reason I like it. If it was just dudes fighting, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. But, like... They're putting on a show. Like, that's the But, like, the costumes and, like... And then that's kind of what's missing from it right now. Only they're kind of bringing it back. I don't know if you watch wrestling now, but, like... No, I haven't in a while. Bray Wyatt, he was, like, a... Supposed to be, like, a hillbilly Mm -hmm. back in, I don't know, a couple years ago. And he just came back as, like... This, like, creature guy. 
And I think that's sick. I think that's, like, the shit that... Is going to get people back into it? I think that's what wrestling's missing, is, like, I want to watch, like, a spectacle. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, watch UFC. It's way gnarlier. It's like, a, you know, it's like wrestling on steroids, and it's real. Where... Like, people actually get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, and it's, like, really, like, they're putting their shit on the line. But they're not cool. They're, like, boxers, where it's, like, you're an athlete, and you're, you know tone to fuck and yeah I like I like the big like fat weird wrestlers that are like man you're not athletic at all but you got like some but you're tight yeah <laughs> yeah some cool story or something well that's drawing's it. done hell yeah thank you for joining me of course thank you for having me kicking off the season with a bang all right and that's it for season two episode one anything you want to add no. Catch you at KC ZineCon yeah. in August. Yeah, come out. I got two uh, exclusive t-shirts coming out for ZineCon. So. And stay tuned for another episode coming later this week.